Well, good evening, church family, and to all of our guests who are on Facebook Live with us this evening. Welcome to Western Hills Church and to this time that we call midweek uh, on Facebook Live every Wednesday night at 6.30. We're so glad that you're here to join us this evening. Uh, we're in the middle, actually we're at the end of a series right now called The Finale, and this series has been a look at the end of all things. We've been going through the book of Revelation and other passages in Scripture as we consider what God's Word has to say about the end, about the finale. And as we've been doing this, some important uh, things that we're learning is that everything that the Bible has to say about future events is intended to impact us today and the way that we live our lives right now. So we're glad that you're here with us this evening. Um, if this is your first time here, we would love to welcome you and just have a chance to get to know you a little better. Or if maybe you've been joining us for a while on live stream, but you haven't posted yet or, or reached out yet, tonight would be a great night for you to do that. You could just simply comment on the live stream. And if you do that, some of our people at Western Hills who are on will comment back and just welcome you uh, into this time with us. Uh, you can also visit our website at westernhillschurch.com. There's a right now button on our website, and that button is exactly what it sounds like. It's everything that's happening right now at Western Hills. Um, even though our campus activities have changed because of COVID-19, we're still very active as a church body, uh, a church without walls. Um, and so we encourage you to go visit westernhillschurch.com, click the right now button, and when you're on that page, one of the things you'll find there is a digital connect card. And if you would fill that out, uh, we would love to have a record of your participation here with us tonight, get to know a little bit more about you and, and get in touch with you this week. So please do that if you're joining us tonight and you haven't reached out yet. Let us have that privilege of just connecting with you further. We would love to meet you. And then for our church family, uh, we're really grateful that you've joined us here tonight and uh, hope that you've gathered in a place where you can focus for a little while. I know the tendency as this goes on and we, we get more familiar with live stream is for there to be a lot going on in the room. You know, you can, you can have all sorts of activities happening and three or four things going on while you're trying to listen. And I just want to encourage you just to be intentional with the time that we have this evening. We won't be long. Uh, just to focus in for a few moments and really listen to the Holy Spirit, what he wants to share with us tonight. Uh, gather people in your living room, bring your Bible with you, uh, be ready to engage in this time. And while we're sharing, if you have any questions that you would like to ask, feel free to write them on the comments. And uh, Shiloh Dellinger, he's one of our deacons and helps on the media team. He's going to be watching for those and sending those questions to my phone as they come in. So you can really be thinking about this entire series. Uh, it doesn't just have to be what we talk about tonight. You could think about any part of this. If you want to ask a clarifying question, uh, then we should have some time to get to those this evening. And that would be for anyone, uh, members and guests alike. But let's be intentional with this time this evening, and uh, let's be sure that we engage in what God wants to speak to our hearts tonight. So I'm joined here with Pastor Jerry Wells, and uh, we're just going to do a little bit of question and answer this evening. Uh, Pastor Jerry, we're, we're wrapping up this series on the finale. And this, this one, pretty much from what I followed, a lot of chronological order here from how the scriptures lay these events out. And this week was the new heaven and the new earth, mm -hmm. which is towards the very end of the prophecies that we have in scripture about the finale. Yes. And so uh, just as we open up here, could you share with us a little bit of uh, the intent, the heart behind Sunday's message? And then why is this message important to our church? Well... 
the stories of the finale are basically bad news uh, that we've covered up until this last Sunday. Uh, you have the bad news of the final signs uh, that Jesus said would happen in 24 before his return, Matthew 24 before his return, these catastrophic events. You have these, the great tribulation as the final sign that Jesus said would occur with an antichrist that rules the world uh, and then incredible catastrophic events that happen in the great tribulation. So you have this bad news there and then after that you have the return of Jesus which is uh, a good thing but what he does first and when he returns as far as this world is concerned is that there's the final, uh, there's a thousand year rule on this earth and that's good news. But then at the end of the thousand-year rule, there's the final judgment of Satan and the final judgment of mankind, which again, it's a very heavy message, and it's like the bad news. And then when you get to Revelation 21, you have the promise for those who are followers of God, followers of Jesus, of this incredible uh, reward that we're going to experience. And... Revelation 21 spells it out for us. And for those who are in Christ, who are followers of God, this is an incredible good news. Mm -hmm. When you began to look at the specifics of what Jesus said or revealed to John that uh, eternity was going to be like for those who are uh, uh, followers of Jesus. And so you have this picture of in uh, Revelation 21, this new earth with its new heaven. And it's, it's an incredible place. And it's interesting to me that, you know, the focus of the message on Sunday was upon uh, not just the, uh, the uh, what we would call the new physical and material reality, which apparently is incredible on the new earth with its new heaven, but also the, uh, the freedom that, we're going to experience there and it talks about like uh, what i said sunday is there's no more satan uh, there's no more sin there's no more sorrow uh, there's no more sorrow because there's no more sickness there's no more death there's no more pain and then there's no more uh, separation from god that the experience we have now of God as those who follow Jesus is an incredible experience. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I wouldn't want to be without that experience. But as Paul said, what we have now is really, you know, like very, uh, it's like seeing into a mirror that is not really clear. You know, it's the way Paul described it that what we're going to experience then when we see Jesus face to face is a fullness and manifestation of his glory that is going to be incredible. Uh, and, and, and it's going to be like the light of the sun. It's, his presence is always going to be there. In fact, it says that uh, the, the glory of God will be the light of the new earth uh, and the new heavens. And so all of these things are... are, are things that we're going to experience that really are very difficult things now in our lives. They're going to be removed. Those difficulties are going to be gone. And, and it's going to be an incredible time. So the message was 
just really un, unpacking all of those things that we're going to experience in that new heaven and new earth. And the purpose of prophecy in the scripture is, is really twofold. One, it's to warn the unbeliever about what's going to happen and to encourage the unbeliever to believe in God and follow God through Jesus Christ. And then for the believer, it's intended to accomplish several things. One is, is to give us incredible hope for the future, is the purpose of the promise, that things are not going to always be as they are, and things are difficult right now in this world. Mm -hmm. And suffering is hard, and death is hard, and sickness is hard, and sin is hard. But we've got this hope of this new place that we're going to be in for eternity which is going to be free of all of these things that are so hard now and that gives us hope but it's also to give us a sense of urgency because if you have received jesus christ then the love of god has been shed abroad in your heart then you love people the way he loves people and you don't want anyone to experience eternity without god and you don't want them to miss eternity with god you want them to experience the promises of scripture and what the prophecies say are going to happen in the eternal future if you really love people so it's to create within us a sense of urgency to disciple people to share the gospel uh, with others not to be uh, you know silent christians but to be outspoken christians about our faith because we don't want anyone to miss what we've been promised with this new earth, with this new heaven for all of eternity in the presence of God. Yeah, absolutely. So you just really answered the question, not only about the message and the heart and intent, but what the message um, is intended to accomplish or teach us about people yeah. uh, for believers and for unbelievers. And so what, how would you answer the question, what does this message teach us about God? Well, what it teaches, there's so much about God that this prophecy reveals. The, the first thing that it reveals to us about God is that He is a merciful God. Uh, the fact that we have rebelled against Him, gone our own way, uh, we've, we've, be, we've been servants of Satan by the way that we lived. And then He provides a way for us to escape the judgment we deserve and be forgiven of our sins. And then he goes and he prepares a place for us to be with him for all of eternity, which is free from the curse of sin. What it reveals is, wow, who does that? I mean, when someone has been your enemy and has rejected your authority when you're the boss when you're the lord and gone their own way i'm telling you in any other arena in this world when that happens then you're going to get fired you're going to get abandoned mm -hmm. but no that's not our god our god is merciful and he makes a way for us to come back to him to repent of our sin to repent of our rebellion so that we can be with him for eternity. So who does that? 
And so it reveals what an incredible God is as far as his love, as far as his mercy, as far as his kindness. It reveals that he wants us to be with him. Uh, I can relate to that, having children and grandchildren. Uh, I, I love being with them, spending time with them. And I have eight children and six grandchildren and another one on the way. So there's a lot of folks in my family. And I love those opportunities I have to be with them. But to think that God is that way, that he wants us to be with him for all of eternity. So God is, is not only loving, he's merciful, and he's, he's got a father's heart, a father's heart that he wants us to be with him. And so we should celebrate God uh, as a result of this wonderful promise that he's given us, knowing that it is his heart for us to be with him. Uh, he didn't want heaven without us is what one of the songs that we've uh, heard recently says. Yeah. When I hear you share about that, I was just even listening this morning to an online live stream of a discipleship forum that's going on in our nation right now. And as I was listening, just, you know, that reality that Jesus wants to be with us is so significant, but we can't appreciate the significance unless we get what you said first about his authority and who he is. Mm -hmm. And for me as a Westerner, as an American especially, it's so hard for me to grasp this concept of King Jesus. No. And King implies kingdom, and kingdom applies authority. Yeah. And what kind of authority are we talking about here? Well, when we're, when we're talking about Jesus and when we see these stories about the finale, we see that we're talking about all authority. Yeah. No limit that Jesus is the ultimate authority, that everything starts and stops with him. Yes. And when I think about, if I can wrap my mind around who Jesus really is, not, not some version I've created in my own mind, but what the scriptures actually say, and then I start to think that that king wants a relationship with me, mm -hmm. it, just, it just makes that all the more significant. Absolutely, absolutely it does. Well, I know this concept of the second coming has been important in your faith. In fact, I've heard you talk about even in your earliest years, your first moments as a believer and your connection with church at the very beginning, this having an impact in your faith. And mm -hmm. so could you just share with us a little bit tonight, just from your own life, just how has this message of the finale impacted you personally in your faith? Well, um, I became familiar with death very early in my life because of my uh, mother's death. Uh, I was three years old when she passed away. And I've heard all kinds of stories about her, wonderful stories about my mother. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, from all the stories, uh, I've, I've never heard a bad story about her as far as her character. Uh, she made mistakes in her life, but there was no question in anyone who's told me about her that she was a follower of Jesus Christ that loved people and cared for people and cared for her family and loved me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she died when I was three years old, uh, you know, when you face death that early in life from someone who was a critical person in your life, 
like you're a child and that's your parent and you're very young, then it tends to cause you to think about eternity at an earlier age than some people think about it. And so, uh, for me, after I became a Christian, I'm going to get to meet my mother that I really never knew. Right. Wow. And then there was my father, who, uh, just, you know, he, because of my mother's death, his life collapsed. He became an alcoholic. After I came to know Christ, through the grace of God that he revealed to me, I began to show grace to my father. And based upon his testimony, it changed his life. And so from the time I was, you know, uh, 17 and a half years old, he passed away when I was 22. Mm -hmm. My father and I had a different kind of relationship than we did the previous 14 years of my life. And he knew me in a different way, and I knew him in a different way, and our relationship really grew. And then he died uh, the year I graduated from college. I graduated in 1977, and he died that following fall after I graduated in May. Well, I look forward to continuing that relationship with my father. Yeah. And then uh, my mentor in the ministry, Bob Burgess, uh, who did so much for my life. Uh, he died very young of, of colon cancer in, uh, you know, in 1992, February 16th, 1992, which is interesting because that also happened to be my natural father, my biological father's birthday mm. that, he, that Bob Burgess passed away on. Mm. And he means so much to me and uh, you know, his, his death was a crushing thing for our family. Well, I get to hang out with him again. And then my late wife, Debbie, you know, passed away on May the 3rd in, in 2007. And, whew, you know, she was the love of my life, the mother of my, you know, eight children. And, you know, she was only 53 years old, and, you know, that loss was incredible. But that relationship is not over. Mm -hmm. Our marriage ended. We pledged until death do us part, and our marriage ended. And uh, I have a wonderful wife now that I'll get to spend eternity with as well. But I'll get to be, that relationship's not over either. And so one of the main things it means for me is that these relationships that I have cherished the most in my life, and these are just a few of them, of people who've passed away since I was young, I'll get to be with them again in a credible place. But most of all, when I received Jesus at age 17, I was born again of the Spirit of God. I didn't receive a new religion. I received Jesus, and Jesus did what he promises he will do for anyone who receives him. He promises that your spirit, which has been dead in transgressions and sins, will suddenly come alive. And that's what happened to me when I was 17 years old. 
And as a result of Jesus giving me new birth through the forgiveness of sins that he secured by atoning for my sins, I became a new creation in Christ. And my life that I've lived here on earth has its challenges, it has its difficulties, but as a result of Jesus, I wouldn't trade my life here on this earth for anyone else's life. I am incredibly a blessed man. And he is my life. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He is my life. But I've never seen him face to face. The one who saved me, the one who died for me, the one who loved me, the one who changed my life, the one who gave me life, the one who gave me power over Satan, the one who gave me power over sin. I know he's here. I know he's in me. But I haven't experienced the fullness of his presence. Just to think that the one who's made it possible for me to continue all those other relationships for all of eternity, I get to see him. I get to be with him. And he's preparing a place for me. That's what it means to me personally. I still have relationships that I've lost that will continue for all of eternity. Wow, what an incredible blessing it is to know that and to walk in that through the difficulties of life, through the losses of life. And I'll hold on that until I breathe my last breath. And when I have my last breath, there will be a smile on my face when I come to that point, I assure you, because I know what's going to happen to me because I believe in Jesus, and I know what he's done for me, and I know what's going to happen because of the promises of his word. So don't grieve for me. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to being with Jesus in all of his fullness. Mm. Wow. Uh, my small group on Monday night was talking about this, and I asked them the question. I said, have you guys ever paused and just considered the fact that this story that we're talking about tonight, because we were talking about this same story, that one day, not too far in the future, you're going to close your eyes for the last time. And then this, these events we've been talking about this month, are going to be your next reality. And it's not some light years in the future, because this life is short for us. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to happen. And it's going to, we're going to be there. Yeah, death is just a door that we pass through, those of us who know Jesus, into a new life. And apparently in Scripture, it talks first, uh, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently paradise is a pretty great place to be in right now. Uh, we don't have a lot of information about what paradise is like that Jesus said. But it's called paradise. But it's called paradise. But we got a lot of detail about what the new earth is going to be like and what the new heaven's going to be like. So I'm looking forward to paradise, if that's what I need, where I need to go first. But 
where we're all going to end up, those of us that know Christ, is on this new earth with this new heaven. And it's going to be an amazing eternal life that we're going to live together. Yeah, for sure. No COVID-19 there. Yeah. Uh, well, and we can picture this concept. No as, poverty there. <laughs> as you were sharing about um, not getting to see Jesus yet face to face, you know, that reality maybe hits closer home right now for many of us than ever before because there's been so many loved ones that we haven't been in the same room with yeah. for so long. And we, we get this sense of longing to be with those loved ones again. And a lot of us have seen them on video or, you know, but being with them is different experiencing that their presence is a different thing and how much greater will it be to be in the presence of jesus and to be with him in that way face to face absolutely it'll be we don't have words for it it's it's a glory unspeakable and full of glory <laughs> is what it is is the way mm -hmm. the scripture describes it so i need to interject a question here that mm -hmm. i just feel like I, I need to hear your voice on this a little bit um because you just shared, obviously, in everything you just shared about your, your hope and your looking forward to the future, the pinnacle of all that is Jesus. Absolutely. But you just shared, too, about other joys you have from these relationships that you're looking forward to, and, and rightfully so. The, the scriptures guarantee it. Um, but I know that there are many people in your life that you love deeply that don't have a faith in Jesus. Hmm. How do you personally process through that when you think about these promises about the future? Well, it grieves me. Um, when you receive Jesus and you're born again of the Spirit of God, you're baptized in the love of God. Doesn't mean that you don't falter and fail. Doesn't mean that you live perfectly at all. But you're definitely, your heart has changed. And God is love. And so your heart is, is <laughs> your nature is changed. Uh, you're filled with the love of God. And that love is expressed many ways in Scripture, but we see it in the life of Jesus. So here was Jesus in the flesh, his flesh, incarnate, God incarnate, Emmanuel. And here's a group of people that he loves the people of Israel and they're rejecting him as God they rejected him and so you know how it impacted him we have one story where he was so grieved because he loved those people so much mm -hmm. that he wept he wept over them mm -hmm. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. So many times I wanted to be like a hen that was gathering you under my wings. But it couldn't happen because of your unbelief. Well, that's the kind of grief I feel. I, I know these things are true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my love is limited to the relationships that I have with people I can love anybody, but ultimately, my love is focused on those people I have relationship with, and that starts with the members of my own family, mm -hmm. children, grandchildren, their spouses. I have a love for them that my heart just grieves for those 
family members and friends that don't know Jesus. And so the way that ex is expressed in me is in groanings. That grief comes out in groanings. It comes out in tears. Because I don't have words to express the pain that I feel. Love causes pain yeah. now. Yeah. There'll become a time where it won't. Right. But right now, love causes grief. Mm -hmm. Love causes pain. Mm -hmm. If you love a lot, you grieve a lot. And so that's the way it impacts me right now for those who I know don't know Jesus. And you say, well, how do you know someone doesn't know Jesus? <laughs> well, when you receive Jesus, you're born again of the spirit of the living God. Mm -hmm. The spirit of the living God comes to dwell in your spirit. It changes your heart. Mm -hmm. you, <laughs> if the spirit of God has changed your heart, and baptized you with his spirit and his love, then it'll be expressed in yeah. all kinds of different ways. The yeah. fruit of the spirit will be manifested in your life. And so it grieves me when I don't see that in people. I'm concerned for them. And uh, I pray for them. Yeah. Pray for them with groanings too deep for words. It's expressed maybe one way that we could summarize what that looks like when we become a new creation in Christ is in the definition of a disciple from Matthew 419 mm -hmm. that we use as a church. Um, a disciple of Jesus is someone who follows Jesus. We talk about that being on the head level, mm -hmm. understanding we, we decide to leave our own way and to follow him. It's a commitment. Yeah. And we see that mm -hmm. in a person who, who, receives that new life who's born again and they and they and part of the head level change is a surrender to jesus as lord mm -hmm. i'm no longer the lord of my life he's the lord and then um it says follow me and i will make you that's a change of the heart and in the heart that's our that's our character that's our Absolutely. attitudes it's it's who we are beyond just the the head level knowledge but as a person jesus changes those things about us to make us more like him and then with our hands, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And Jesus said, the world will know us by our fruit right. and what we do. And when we see the hands and feet of people who receive Jesus, their lives just look different. And so certainly we know some people aren't followers of Jesus because they're willing to tell us that straightforward. They'll, they'll just let us know. But then at times we know that people aren't followers of Jesus because they're not a disciple. They're not on mission for Jesus. You know, when, when you receive Jesus and he changes your heart, then you, the want to to follow Jesus is in your heart. And part of following Jesus is just being on mission. It's telling other people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's helping other people who know Jesus to grow in Jesus and to uh, live out what he tells us to do in his word and how we relate to other people. You know, we can have the head knowledge and make the head commitment. But ultimately, if Jesus didn't change us, follow me and I will make you, he changes us. If he didn't change us, then we couldn't live out the head commitment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. To live out that head commitment, to follow him and follow his mm -hmm. commandments without him changing us. And the first change that he makes is that he raises our spirit from death unto life. He gives us a new heart. Instead of it being a heart of stone, it's a heart of flesh. In other words, it, it can grow spiritually. It can, it, can, 
it can it can grow in life it can mm. grow in love it can grow in faith mm. uh, through the work of the holy spirit inside of us and so uh, there's no substitute for the new birth mm -hmm. in jesus it changes the our nature it changes the our identity uh you know beginning with our spirit as we work out our salvation in our soul and then through our bodies yeah absolutely well, in a few moments, we're going to have some time to answer your questions. If you haven't shared your question yet and you want to share it, go ahead and comment, and we'll be looking at that in just a moment. Uh, I've got a couple more questions as, as people think about this and comment a little more, but um, uh, maybe one that we can unpack a little and then a couple that will move pretty quickly. All right. And so this one is, um, what do you see happening in the world right now that makes you feel that the finale could occur in this generation? Well, certainly everything in the Word of God that needs to be fulfilled for Jesus to return has been fulfilled uh, with the exception of the man of perdition, which Paul said this in, uh, in his epistle to uh, the church at uh, Thessalonica, I believe is who he said it to, where they thought, some had taught falsely that Jesus had returned. And he said, no, he hasn't returned yet. Uh, he won't return until the man of perdition comes. Mm -hmm. And then it, it talks about this man of perdition who's also called the Antichrist. He's also called the beast in the scripture. But everything, the table's been set in the scripture. Everything that needs to occur is occurring or has occurred as we speak and so you know israel is a big part of the finale in scripture and israel was restored as a nation in like 1948 so the table has been set biblically and scripturally well what's going on right now in our world is unlike any circumstance that i've ever experienced in my lifetime and really i think unlike any experience that we've ever seen since jesus ascended into heaven yeah because of globalization and because and of how globalization all... we know what's happening all over the world mm -hmm. and what's happening right now by this one event is incredible it's it's a it's a shaking of this world unlike anything that we know has ever been experienced by everybody in the world and the economic shaking has really just begun uh, the shutdown of businesses that's occurred, you know, in the last 45 days has created an economic instability that I don't think most people really understand what's happened and how that's going to impact things moving forward. And, you know, it's, to me, it's a domino that's fallen and with that domino falling, the shutdown of all these businesses for the last however many days it's been, and it's happening all over the world, it, it, there's another domino to follow. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many dominoes there are that are going to fall mm -hmm. or what kind of uh, economic conditions are going to be created in the future by this pandemic. But I do know this. I do know that the Antichrist, is going to arise at a time of incredible crisis in this world. And it has to be global. And it has to be global. 
and he's going to save the world, or at least it appears that he does. Mm -hmm. He's going to proclaim himself to be the Messiah, mm -hmm. the Savior, mm -hmm. and people are going to sell out to him for economic security. People are going to sell out to him throughout the world because of economic security. And so, you know, right now we're in such a time of economic instability, you know, and people are talking about the United States entering into a depression that will be greater than what was experienced in the, you know, in the 1929 and 1939 depression. Hmm. We can't even relate to that. No. We can't even relate to how bad the conditions were in 1929 and 1939. My father was alive at that time, and he could tell me, he told me stories about it. In fact, he was born in 1911, and things were so bad for him in New Mexico that what he did is that he stowed away on a train, <laughs> as hundreds of people were doing, to get to California, where there was opportunity economically. And uh, when you see what happened during that period of time and how bad things got economically, and people are saying that could happen again because of what's happened, I don't know if it'll happen again. What I know is this, there's incredible economic instability unlike uh, we've experienced in my lifetime. And, and so what I see here is not that, hey, I can say to you, this is it. I just see an opportunity. Mm-hmm an opportunity for the world to change and for prophecy to be fulfilled that I can, I, I haven't ever seen this opportunity before. Yeah, with prophecies like Israel being reestablished. Yes. And then because of globalization and the connectedness of the world, a new stage has been set that is unprecedented in world history. That I can see. Yeah. As far as I understand. Yeah. And that's what I hear. Certainly other... there's been terrible events and catastrophes and, and other times that believers have thought perhaps this is the end. So none of that's new, but just seeing this development go even further on this global stage. Yeah. I heard today 26 million people in America have filed for unemployment in the last six weeks. 26 million workers have applied for unemployment. Do you understand the strain that that's creating upon the finances of our government, our nation? 26 million people, and that number is growing. And then we have this oil crisis that's going on, uh, which all of a sudden, major oil companies and smaller companies that you know are supported by the price of oil, I mean, they're in, in, a, in a situation that's unlike what they've ever, ever been in. And, you know, the word in the oil business always is, well, it, it'll come back. Mm -hmm. Well, how fast is it going to come back? That's always the question, and especially right now. And companies that have a problem with cash flow mm -hmm. and have great indebtedness, let me tell you something. If this continues like it is right now in the oil industry until the first quarter of next year, a lot of companies are going to be in serious trouble. They're going yeah. to be in trouble. They're in trouble right now. Yeah. But by then, the next domino after what's happened is bankruptcies. Mm -hmm. And that means what? More unemployment for more people. And so here we have this incredible condition that none of us anticipated. I certainly didn't. And it's created this environment that 
where people are willing to trade their, their freedom for security. And that's what the Antichrist is going to take advantage of. Yeah. He's going to take advantage of the fact that people throughout the world are willing to trade their freedom for the security that he can provide. Yeah. So. Well, when we see those types of things, we know from this series and through Scripture, ultimately, that it should just call us to be more and more alert as the day draws closer and to be more diligent in guarding our faith and in fighting for our faith and in leading others to faith in Jesus. Yeah, and, and that leads us to our next series mm -hmm. of messages. We're calling it uh, Warrior, and then the subtitle is... Winning the Fight for Faith. Winning the Fight for Faith. Because whenever we enter into difficult times as followers of Jesus, tremendous trials. I mean, the word, the scripture again talks about a time where there's going to be these tremendous trials. And it says there's going to be a great falling away. A great falling away. And it's talking about a great falling away from the church of Jesus. What's going to cause that falling away is the difficulties and the trials that we're experiencing with everyone else in the world. And so what do we need to do as Christians to make sure that we're not one of the ones that falls away? That we fight the spiritual war, that we're warriors that stand firm on the truth of God's word through the difficult trials that come our way. And so that's what this next series is going to be about, mm -hmm. is learning to be a warrior. A warrior doesn't fall away. <laughs> a warrior runs to the battle. Uh, a warrior is a part of the army of God. Uh, we, we, when the trials come, we run into God. We run, uh, <laughs> we run toward the enemy. We don't, we don't retreat. And we're going to learn together how to be that kind of spiritual warrior as the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I can't think of a better time to have this series of truths and messages. Well, I think it'll follow this really well if, if, we've, if we're capturing this church the way that God wants us to, if we're understanding this, if, we're, if our faith is being stirred about this future reality, then now it's time to go to war right now for that faith every day. And I'll never forget when I, when I came to a point of faith in my life where I finally figured out what it meant that the gospel was not just a one-time experience but that it's something I need to fight for faith for in every day. And I know that'll be part of this series. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. And then, and then what are those threats to our faith? And I know that's going to be part of this series. As we battle this spiritual warfare going on, what are the greatest threats to our faith? And I know we're going to discuss those as well. Yes, you know, this morning, Sandra and I were out for a walk. And as we were out for a walk early this morning, I was trudging along there and. And honestly, as I'm trudging along, I, I, I just said to her, you know, right now, at this very moment, being transparent, which those of you that know me well is I'm transparent, I said to her, right now I have zero motivation. Or maybe below zero motivation. If I was basing my life upon my feelings mm -hmm. this morning, I, I had zero zero motivation well you know what i've learned to do over the years uh it goes back way back in my christian life i've learned how to encourage myself in the lord I, I know what to do when i have zero motivation 
having zero motivation is just a part of life. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Being discouraged is a part of life. It happens. Mm -hmm. Even being depressed at times, as you look at the heroes of faith in the Bible, they experience depression. It happens. But you know what? God has given us a way to win that battle so that we can be encouraged in our faith, so that we can win and be the warrior that he's called us to be. Yeah, that's a skill that we want to pick up. No yeah, question. Yeah, we have to learn it. And it's, it's not one that comes naturally. We have to learn it. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And this will be Sunday uh, at our live stream. It'll be at uh, 10 o'clock. We'll be gathering for worship through song on Facebook Live. And then at 1030, we'll begin our time in the Word. And so that's the first connection to this new series. You can join us this Sunday. Uh, it starts on the first Sunday of May. And then, um, you know, the most personal connection you can make in this and, and what we all need beyond hearing a message is we need relationships with other believers where we can sort these things out. In fact, the scriptures admonish us to work out our salvation, to work out our faith in the gospel. That's where salvation comes from uh, with fear and trembling. Absolutely. And so, and we need, when it talks about, it, it says the word you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But the problem is in the English language, we don't have a plural for you. Mm. Uh, you know, since we're Okies, I'll, I'll translate it for you the way it is in the Greek. Y'all work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's something we're supposed to do together. It's yeah. not something we're supposed to do on our own. No. So you need to connect with a small group. And again, on the right now announcement page, if we fill out a connect card, one of the boxes you can check there is that you'd like to join a small group and we'll get you connected to one. Yeah. It's not good for man to be alone. It wasn't good before the fall of man. It's certainly not good after the fall of man. Jesus has given us his church so that we can grow as disciples of Jesus. And you need to be connected to the church of Jesus in order to grow spiritually the way he wants you to grow and to be encouraged in your faith, to become the warrior that he wants you to be. You've got to be connected to the church that Jesus wants you to be connected to, and that's his church. So we want to encourage you to get connected to him through his church, and uh, you'll be blessed if you will. Yeah. Well, we've got just about, I don't know, five more minutes here. Right. And so I've got a couple questions from online All that right. came in. Uh, one person asked about the passage that talks about sinners ending up in the lake of fire in that moment. They said, is, is that a reference to the great white throne judgment? And, and then also, will there be people born after this point, or is that the last thing? Well, that's the final judgment of mankind. And uh, that's actually in uh, Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15 is, is the story of the final judgment of mankind. And what it says at the very end, in the last few verses, it says, And death and Hades will cast into the lake of fire, that is the second death. And then it says, And anyone's name who's not written in the Lamb's book of life, it says the book of life, but we know it's the Lamb's book of life from other verses and other passages will also be cast into that lake of fire. And uh, I talked a little bit about that lake of fire. Uh, we, we see it as something that's uh, literal, but also something that's very uh, figurative. What we know is that it represents a life without God, an eternal life without God. In other words, those who have followed Satan get what they've desired here on earth. They get a life without God for all of eternity. And it's not going to be a place that anyone wants to go. And so 
it's for those who have followed the devil during the course of their lives. So there's a lot to that. I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to the message from not this Sunday, but last Sunday, a week ago. It's, it's uh, on our website yes. where you can go back and watch that message. Under sermons. Because I give a lot more specifics about that in that message. Great. And then one other question here was, um, you were talking about family and, and looking forward to family. You were talking about your late wife, Debbie, uh-huh. and you're remarried now. And so someone just asked the question, could you explain for those who don't understand as well what the Bible says about spending eternity if you've been remarried about you know, more than one wife? Well, what Jesus said about marriage was in Matthew chapter 19, and he was talking to... Uh, the uh, religious leaders from the Sanhedrin in Matthew chapter 19. And then there's other passages that he, where he was dealing with them. And uh, what, he, what he talked about was, uh, one time, this is another passage, where the, the Pharisees were try, always trying to catch Jesus in a contradiction. And so they came up to him and they gave him this scenario where this one guy uh, married a woman and... Uh, and then uh, he died, and in Hebrew law, the brother is supposed to take on the responsibility of his brother, if the brother dies, and marry that woman so that they can bear children and carry on the, the uh, lineage mm-hmm. of his brother. Right. And so the story was there was like six brothers. Every one of them died without children. And the Pharisees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, no. so they were trying to entrap no, Jesus. Well, the Pharisees did, the Sadducees did. Okay, okay. And so the Sadducees may have been the ones that okay. were sharing this particular story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what Jesus told them was that they were mistaken about, first of all, there is a resurrection of the dead, which those people didn't believe in. But secondly, he said that uh, in eternity that people are not given in marriage the way they are here. And he made that very clear, that people aren't given in marriage, so there's not going to be a problem. In other words, uh, there's not going to be a problem between Debbie and Sandra when we get an eternity. Or for me, John. John's going to be there as well. Uh, We're going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. It says that we're going to be as the angels, is what it says. Well, the angels are not given in, in marriage. Uh, and so that's what that's how Jesus dealt with that particular issue. Yeah, and I'll never forget uh, in our discipleship one thing that stood out to me as we talked about family and we talked about disciple making and the call to to witness. Um, and you were sharing about just your grief that you feel when you have loved ones that aren't that aren't following Jesus, and you just said, you know, I have a family here on earth. But my, my desire is to get my biological family into the family. Yes. And that the family is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, those of us who will be with Christ forever in the new heaven and new earth. And when we get there, family looks one way on the earth, but it's going to be different in heaven. Absolutely. And we're all going to be family in heaven. We are all family now because we're all a new creation spiritually, but that, that reality will just be further realized. Yeah, we call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ now, but the truth is that we don't have the same feelings generally toward our brothers and sisters in Christ that we do the members of our own family, whether we're talking about our natural biological brothers and sisters or we're talking about our own children that are mm-hmm. born of our flesh. But that won't be true in... In this, on this new earth with this new heaven, uh, 
whatever we feel right now as far as those uh, phileo, we call them, affectionate feelings that we have for the members of our family, we're going to have those for everybody in the same way. The love of God will be so incredible in our relationships with each other. It'll be unlike anything that we've ever experienced on this earth. It will even be greater than marriage. Yeah. Is what Jesus promised us. Yeah. And it's hard for us to comprehend that if we've really had a great marriage and shared that kind of love with somebody. We go, really? It's going to be greater than that? I can't imagine that. Neither can I. But he says it's going to be greater than that mm -hmm. uh, when we get into eternity. And so we're not going to miss anything is what Jesus was telling his right, disciples. Right, Don't worry about missing anything. It's going to be better. It's going to be better than right. whatever you've known here. As great as it might be, it's going to be better. Well, let us leave you with that tonight then um, as the challenge. You know, when we look forward to heaven and we think about how these, these spiritual realities, one of the things that challenges us to do is to be changed into the image of Christ now. To agree, uh, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray is, your kingdom come... Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the reality is, though we may not always feel it in our emotions, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the family of God. And let's go and live in love towards one another this week like that. Let's ask God to increase our love for one another, to agree with him, and to live out our lives caring for people that way as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then let's, uh, let's follow what... Uh, we've heard this evening about the importance of really um, being stirred in our faith and prayer and groaning for those who don't know God Absolutely. and begging him to save them begging. because yeah. this, is, um, this, is the, this is a spiritual reality. This is our future. And so let's be stirred up in those things. So I just ask you the question tonight as we close, who do you need to love this week? Who do you need to love this week in your small group in the body of Christ? Who do you need to love like family? Because we are family this we are. week. And then who do you need to pray for deeply yeah. this week and, and love them this week and share with them the good news about Jesus? Amen. Amen. Let's be the church. You know, we're, we're not, church is not something we attend. It's not a building on a corner. Uh, this is the campus that belongs to our church. But our church is who we are. We are the church. We are members of the church. The church is people. So let's be the church now in this world to one another, and let's love one another the way God has called us to love. Amen. We'll see you on Sunday at 1030 for the live stream and hope to hear from you on our connect card to get you connected to a group. Amen.